This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. WFAN and good morning everybody. This is Bob Salter. On our program, we like to set the stage for the Sports Edge program that follows our 8 o'clock update. Ed Randall will be by talking baseball after our 9 o'clock update on WFAN this morning. That happens on Sunday mornings this time of the year. And we should have a very interesting discussion in this hour of our program because the guest who is joining us is going to be talking about a topic that Well, let me use the cliche and say this will hit home with a lot of people who are listening to this discussion right now, I'm going to assume. Joining us on our program is Antonella Apicella. I hope that's the correct pronunciation of your last name, Antonella. Yes, it is. Um, I like that. It's a very musical name, too. Yes. <laughs> uh, Antonella has been uh, practicing as a registered dietitian for eight years. Uh, she is a nutritionist with the Lenox Hill Hospital. She's joining us in this hour of our program. Uh, she's been uh, part of the Lenox Hill Outpatient Nutrition Program for the past year and a half. And in her role with the Weight Loss Program, um, Core 4, which we're going to be talking about, uh, she is going to talk with us about some things that surround this uh, topic of nutrition, um, physical activity, because, you know, we hit this time of the year, and interestingly enough, the weather's getting warmer, and people have this tendency to want to be outside. I'll say it. People want to shed clothing. Right. And in many cases, when they go to start doing that, uh, they're horrified by the way way in which they look. You know, we often get into this whole thing of people talking about, "I gotta lose weight. I want to lose weight. I want to lose that." And it's fill in the blank. Whether it's five pounds, ten pounds, thirty pounds. This is part of what we're going to address in the course of our discussion. First of all, it's nice to have you join us on our program. Good morning, Bob. Thank you for having me today. And good morning to you. This pre-summer dieting frenzy that normally takes place uh, at this time of the year, I mean, how do you address that? You know, I'm sure you have people who come to you and in some cases they... I'm going to assume they may have tried other dieting approaches and programs in the past. 
Absolutely, yeah. Um, we seem to see these trends a few times throughout the year, actually. So definitely before the summer um, begins, and also um, in the beginning of the year, right after the holiday season. Um, so some things that I, some techniques that I use to address this would be to really encourage it as a lifestyle, right? So rather than having specific points of the year that where you're trying to reach these goals to really have it consistent throughout the year. So this way it's not you're not you don't find yourself to be in a frenzy if you have have an occasion that is coming up or you know that you're going on vacation in a few weeks. Um, because there's research showing that the crash diets really are not the healthy approach to take um, for those short term goals that we're looking to achieve. When you say encourage it as a lifestyle, a lot of people who are listening to you say that may say, well wait a minute that sounds like a good idea, but that means I have to give up, and they start thinking of it that way. Is that the wrong approach? Right, exactly. So, um, unfortunately, it is thought to, to be or viewed that something has to be given up, but actually, um, in reality, it's not the case. Um, so, what we do with Core 4 is something called mindful eating, and that's our behavior uh, modification component to the program. Um, so we review the appetite awareness training is where we teach our participants to be in tune with the interna- internal stomach signals of hunger and fullness. So what we also, another thing that we review with them is that um, we they can really see that all foods fit, right? It's just a matter of moderation and knowing how much and, the qu- and focusing on the quantity of the food rather than the type of the food. Okay. Now... This is a very interesting area, and I'll be very honest with you, this is a major challenge for me this Mm -hmm. day of the week, this concept of mindful eating, and Mm -hmm. for a couple of different reasons. But when you say mindful eating, I mean, how, how involved does that get, I guess? So um, with mindful eating, what we do is we recommend someone to be present with what they're eating. Um, We're looking to get rid of distractions and actually have um, people taste, chew, and swallow their food. And, of course, encouraging them to eat slowly so they can actually enjoy what it is that they're eating. Um, So it, it can be a little challenging at first to, you know, to be in that mindset. However, once that's transitioned over, um, it's pretty seamless and um, not too involved because it becomes part of your routine. So many of us get in that habit mm-hmm. of going... It, it, the label that normally is put out there is this idea of it being, quote-unquote, convenient. We're going for the easy approach. Okay, and usually it's something fast, and in most cases, as you well know, in this part of the country, everybody's racing with things. So mm-hmm. in many cases, the last thing people are doing is actually thinking about what it is that they're eating. I mean, this is kind of a major transformation for an awful lot of people to do, isn't it? Right, exactly. And a lot of the times, we're not scheduling time out of our day for mealtime, um, where we should actually be having a schedule in place for our meals and snacks throughout the day to keep more of a consistent you know, intake throughout the day rather than not eating too much during the day, but then we kind of find that our hunger, um, in, uh, our hunger level increases later on in the night when we might be relaxing or 
starting to wind down from the day. Um, so again, having that consistent intake throughout the day will help balance out the calories and also prevent those peaks of hunger occurring throughout the day. How important is this concept of three meals in the course of the day? It's pretty important because um, what we aim to achieve with um, appetite awareness is to really reach a level of moderate hunger and moderate fullness, um, which can be challenging to achieve if you're going long periods throughout the day without eating. Um, So having that consistent intake throughout the day will always help someone achieve that moderate hunger and moderate fullness level, which in the long run will help maintain the weight um, and achieve weight loss as well. So when we're talking about this idea of moderate hunger, it's not you're left starving, but you also don't feel like, you know, you stuffed yourself. Exactly, yes. Um, and actually, it's funny because one of the most common comments that I hear is that, oh, no, I'll have to take out all of my favorite foods or <laughs> participants feel that they have to restrict certain intake of certain foods. And that's definitely not the approach that we take at all. And we actually teach our participants how we can incorporate all of our favorite foods, of course, in a moderate amount and a controlled amount. Is this a more challenging thing for somebody to learn and to adapt to who is, um, for lack of a better term, older than somebody who is younger? Um, Not necessarily. In my experience, I haven't seen a challenge um, be age-specific. It can be challenging, just generally speaking, um, to even connect with those internal signals of hunger and fullness. However, once we've connected, it's amazing how much our body speaks to us and we're just not able to really um, pick up on those signals because we've been distracted or we've been really busy throughout the day or for other reasons as well. Um, So in my experience, I haven't seen that challenge be age-specific or even gender-specific. Very interesting discussion that we're having on our program. We've really just begun this discussion with Antonella Apicella. She is um, a nutritionist with the Lenox Hill Hospital. She's our guest this hour of our program. It is Sunday morning on the fan. After our 8 o'clock update, Rick Wolf is along with the Sports Edge program. Ed Randall is by after our 9 o'clock update talking baseball here on the fan. We are in a discussion talking about this uh, idea of mindful eating as a way to Take control of your waistline. Interesting discussion that we are having with Antonella Apicella on our program. She is a nutritionist with the Lenox Hill Hospital and talking with us about this topic. We've just introduced this, just begun this discussion. Uh, Antonella, this Core 4 program, the actual focal points with Core 4, how does that work? Yes, so the core four aspects of our program include energy, exercise, eating, and education. Uh, Our education encompasses nutrition, education, and behavior modification, as we were speaking before, which includes the mindful eating and appetite awareness. Um, Behavioral and nutritional goal setting is expected and actually completed throughout the whole program of core four. And in terms of the way in which core four works, is this monitored? Absolutely, yes. So throughout the program, um, we're monitoring, of course, the weight loss. However, in addition, we're also monitoring waist circumference um, and lab values as well. Okay. Now, 
when somebody and you know there may be people who are interested in uh, the core four program some of the things that you're talking about how does somebody qualify for this so um all of uh, any individual um so our program is open to all individuals with a bmi of 25 or higher which means that they are medically overweight um, and a pre-screening is completed to assess the BMI level to see if the program would be the right fit for them. Um, a screening and program enrollment can occur either over the phone, in email, or in person as well. Okay, and BMI stands for? Body mass index. Okay, so it's 25 or higher. Or higher, correct. So how would somebody contact you? Um, so they could contact me either through um, mailers. So we do have mailers that are sent out throughout the community. Um, we've connected with and collaborate with our marketing department. Um, of course, I uh, table in the um, cafeteria as well to attract employees and also community members that might be visiting, you know, uh, in the hospital. Um, so that we do tr try to get our contact information out within the community as much as possible. Okay, is this something that's available that people can get information on through the Lenox Hill website? There is information on the Lenox Hill website um, as well, yes. Okay. So one of the things that comes up in discussions like this is an area of the program that you mentioned, um, because, you know, you mentioned energy. Mm -hmm. And you say energy, and I think, all right, I think I know what you're talking about, but I'm going to ask you to explain that from the standpoint of people who are listening who may not know. What do you mean by energy? So energy is um, the amount of food that we're taking in throughout the day. Um, however, energy also refers to the amount that um, the, the amount of calories that we're spent, expending as well through our physical activity. Okay, so for many people, do they have when they, especially when they come to you? Do they have any clue as to how many calories they're really taking in? Um, some not, not um, and others might because of maybe a history of following other weight loss programs that have required them to calorie count. Um, and that's actually something that we don't focus in the program is calorie counting because our program is actually not calorie driven. Mm -hmm. um, so we really have them focus on the quantity of the food that it is that they're eating. And when you say the quantity of the food, you're talking about portion size? The portion sizes, yes. Yeah. So actually, in fact, that is one of our topics that we review um, in our weekly class is the portion sizes and serving sizes because sometimes it's difficult to know exactly what a serving size or a portion size is. Um, so we, we review all of that with them. That's an area that seems to be so confusing for a lot of people as to, you know, very often, we'll see, you may see on a package of something, or even sometimes it's in a, a recipe, it'll talk about so many servings. Right. But to know exactly what the serving size is, is almost like a guessing game for most people. Right, exactly. Um, so we, the, reading the nutrition label is also one of the topics that we mm. review throughout the program. Mm. Um, actually, in fact... Uh, in 2018, our nutrition label is going to be changing, um, and there's some additions that they've added, um, are going to be adding, and added sugar is one of them. Um, so going forward, they're really going to outline 
the calories and, you know, all of the nutrients per serving and then for the package because a lot of times, unfortunately, it is misunderstood that that information is actually for the serving size and not for the package, you know, for the whole package. So it can be misleading as far as if you are looking to manage your weight and control your weight as far as what exact, how much energy you're taking in. Okay. Now, I got to ask you about a couple of things because as I said to you earlier, this day of the week is especially challenging mm-hmm. uh, for me for a lot of reasons, one of which is, and hopefully I'm not going to anger a lot of people around here by saying that, but it's true. If I walk around this place, and I've been here for a couple hours, and I, I do walk around here, and I visit some of the other radio stations here on a weekly basis, If you go to, and there are vending machines Mm -hmm. around, there's a a common kitchen area on the floor that we're on. You go to any of the vending machines, the great challenge is to find something that I'm going to call actually healthy. Um. And it's real easy to go for the easy option of something quick and, you know, literally I go out on a break and, you know, pop that dollar or whatever in the machine and (laughs) hit that button and watch that spin down to me and throw me a little bit of change and boom, I've got my candy or nutrition bar, quote unquote, whatever. But in reality, the question always becomes, what am I really eating? And is that the right approach to be taking? Because I also look at this time of the day and think every other day of the week, basically I'm usually either having or have had at least some attempt at breakfast Right. So there isn't a real anchor to the day, I feel like. Right. How, um, impor- how important is this idea of breakfast? Yeah, so uh, it is typical for our eating patterns to change over the weekend compared to during the week. Um, of course, our routine is different over the weekend compared to the work week. However, also when our sleeping patterns change or there's something off in our routine, sometimes those cravings can set in even more. Um, especially if we've been sleep deprived or um, so you might find that there's you're gravitating to certain foods because of that switch or shift in in the routine itself so it's definitely important to keep those um, eating patterns consistent throughout the week overall so this way again it kind of prevents those fluctuations of intake and even cravings or you know desire to have certain foods um, when you find that you know it's only happening or it may be atypical for like one day of the week. So how then do we go about, I guess, balancing things so that you don't overindulge? Because that's always my fear because it's real easy for me. And I do it. <laughs> Literally, it's it's not conscious eating. It's just 
before I know it, I'm starting to shove stuff into my face. I'm not even thinking about it. And then afterward thinking, wait a minute, what did I eat? And why? Yeah, so that's actually where the mindful eating um, really comes into play and can be helpful because it really increases our awareness of what we're eating rather than the aftermath. After we've eaten it, we've realized, wow, what did we just have, right? Um, So, again, keeping that consistency, so whether it's incorporating um, breakfast to make sure that those snacks or or you feel that you're overindulging in certain foods, to have that meal time in place um, throughout the day that would work best for you to, again, achieve that moderate appetite, uh, excuse me, moderate fullness and moderate hunger as well. When you say, you said this earlier, the idea of trying to keep to a schedule with not only the meals, but also with snacks, that was something that may have surprised some people. Why is that so important? Yes. So sometimes snacks are viewed as being unhealthy or um, sometimes we just associate certain snack foods as snacks, but snacks can actually be pretty healthy, of course, and also very important, especially if there are large gaps throughout the day without eating. So um, if someone is anticipating a really busy day and maybe can't dedicate um, their full lunch hour to have their meal, they want to make sure that they're having a snack in between to carry them into their next meal. Because when we're going a really long time without eating throughout the day, that can actually slow down our metabolism and, you know, over time can promote weight gain as well. And when you talk about snack, what are we talking about? Are you talking about fruit or something like that? Yeah, so as far as snacks, uh, you'd always want to incorporate a protein source along with a carbohydrate. So one example would be like um, an apple with peanut butter or a piece of fruit with like a slice of cheese. So you're always trying to look for that balance as well because if you're only snacking on a piece of fruit, let's say, um, that may keep you, you know, satisfied for maybe a half hour, 45 minutes, and then you find that we're hungry again. And that's naturally just the, the component of carbohydrate. It is quick energy in our body, so our body metabolizes it and digests it quickly. Um, and then after that has completed, then naturally our body's looking for something else, especially if those long periods throughout the day are occurring without eating. And how do, I guess, how do you suggest structuring the meal plan in terms of where your meals fall in the course of the day? I mean, is there a certain space time-wise that should be between meals? Yeah, so um, so meal planning is actually one of the topics that we review as well with our participants in Core 4. Um, and obviously, everyone's meal plan is going to be different. Um, so it would it, it is going to be an individualized um, approach. So we'd have to look at someone's routine and see where we would incorporate um, the meal times to be. But generally speaking, we'd want to have our meals, um, you know, about three to four hours apart. And if they're longer than that, then that's where we would incorporate um, a snack to carry us through to prevent overeating when we actually are eating. All right. I've got to ask the question some people may be thinking as well. Where in the approach of what you're talking about is there room or is there room for fast food? 
Absolutely. So fast food um, has gotten a lot of attention lately, Mm -hmm. and especially with here in New York City with the menu labeling requirements that has taken into effect. Um, There are a lot of fast food chains that have modified their menus and are starting to select, uh, starting to provide healthier options. Um, And always keep in mind that there can be modifications made. So sometimes we associate that French fries are always the counterpart that comes with the entree. However, now there are side salads that are offered. There's even fruit slices. Um, So we want to ask what other options we have for sides rather than the standard French fries that, um, you know, we may associate are just automatic. Um, So so everything fits, of course, um, just a matter of, moderation. And so, for instance, if there's like a crispy chicken sandwich that someone really enjoys, one alternative to that would be having it grilled rather than fried. So, um, and a lot of fast food chain restaurants do offer grilled options. Interesting discussion with Antonella Apicella on our program. She's a nutritionist with Lenox Hill Hospital. Mindful eating. Um, We're talking with uh, Antonella Apicella, who is a nutritionist with Lenox Hill Hospital. On our program, you can join us at 877-337-6666. That's our number here at The Fan. And we'll get to the phones in just a moment. I did a little experiment while the sports update and some messages were coming your way. I went out, visited a vending machine, just as an experiment. I thought, let me go based on a word that Antonella, you used in our last segment. Let's look for the word protein. It's in very big letters on this nutrition bar. Then we flip to the back. Strap in for this one, folks. (laughs) The serving size, one bar, calories, 190 Calories from fat, 110. The total fat, 12, gra- uh, 12 grams. Saturated fat, uh, 3.5 grams. Trans fat, 0. Polyunsaturated fat, uh, 0. Monounsaturated fat, 7 grams. Now, at this point, a lot of us are already zoning out. And then we get into things like the sodium level. A hundred eighty milligrams. Um, you know, I look at this, and this goes on for several more lines on this bar that's in my hand. And I think I go right back to this question from before. And I'm not picking on the vending machine here. I'm just <laughs> using this as an example because it's here. Is this something that we should turn to as a snack item? I mean, in a case where that's all you have, then I guess that is an option then. But if you have something else that you can go to, is there it's better to take a more health healthful approach? Absolutely, yes. So you'd want to assess and see what the options are first and then make the best decision based on whatever options are offered. Um, So just 
making some comments based on um, the nutrition label that you were reading. So mm-hmm. when you are looking at the nutrition label, you want to see the calories and also the calories from fat. So you had mentioned that the total calories were 180, but the calories from fat were 110, I believe. Yes. Um, so you'd want that to be less than that, right? Because you wouldn't want those two numbers to match because then that would mean that that product is high in fat. Um, unfortunately, some of the protein bars can be a little bit higher in fat. Um, and I'm not sure if you mentioned what the protein, uh, the grams of protein were. I did not. That says 10 grams. 10 grams, right. Um, So you'd want to have about 15 grams of protein um, for your snacks because that's what's really going to keep you full for long. So um, you'd want to make that assessment. But unfortunately, sometimes with the vending machines, that calorie information is not displayed beforehand until you actually receive that product. Um, so you'd, you really want to make an assessment to see what would be the best and the healthiest choice. Unfortunately, with the vending machines at the moment, there doesn't need to be any, any menu labeling up front before you actually receive the product through the machine. Um, but hopefully in the future, that will be an area of focus where they would be able to list that information just as if, you know, on the menu boards at fast food chains. That and I'd also love to get my change from my dollar that never <laughs> never came back either, too. Oh, no. I'll, I'll lose that as an investment in the course of our discussion here. Um, what I said we'll do, it too, is work in some thoughts from some of the folks who are listening to us. 877-337-6666 is our phone number here at The Fan. And let's go to uh, New Jersey to Mark and Jefferson, who's been holding for some time. Mark, good morning. Welcome to The Fan. Mark? Calling Mark once, calling Mark twice. Well, all right. I guess Mark, we lost Mark. I guess Mark is not, not there. Okay. He had a, a question about dieting. I wanted to ask you a question about this idea of dieting because so many people have been on, and I'm sure you hear this, 5, 10, 15 dieting approaches, in some cases more than that in their lifetime. And very often we hear this term used of, quote-unquote, yo-yo dieting. Um, What exactly is that, first of all? So yo-yo dieting refers to when our we're in a fluctuation, right? So we're losing weight, however, then we're also gaining weight, and then we're losing weight, and then gaining weight. So when we're when that is hap- happening in our body, our body's fluctuating, right? So over time, as that happens, it makes it more difficult to achieve weight loss, but and the weight that's gained is often more than um, the weight that had started off at. Um, so unfortunately, a history of yo-yo dieting can affect the body and more in particular, you know, our muscle mass. So we would never want to dip into our muscle mass for energy. Um, so that's what some of the research is showing is that over time it could actually affect our body in, in that way. So again, we'd want to really apply that approach of mindfulness because that is a natural way to lose weight. Um, and just going back to your point of you feel that you are overindulging in certain foods. So with the mindful eating, um, we actually emphasize um, and allow our patients to indulge in any amount of food that they decide on without having any guilty feelings. So um, we try to take away those feelings as much as possible with the mindful eating approach. Well, now, wait a minute. You, you, so you mean to tell me I could have a three-egg omelet if I wanted to <laughs> it for breakfast? 
So remember, it would be in a controlled and moderate amount. But yes, we wouldn't want any of those guilty feelings. And one modification to that can be using egg whites instead of whole eggs. Mm, Okay. Yeah, and and it, it is a little bit difficult to understand because of the sense that it's like, wait, you mean I can have this? Because the stigma or just the general information out there is restriction, right? So um, what we try to get away from as much as possible in our program is restricting because we've realized that restricting makes something taboo. So it just makes us crave it even more. Um, And then that's, again, where that fluctuation can occur in our intake. The core four uh, program or approach, how does that compare to other weight loss programs? Um, So... It does compare to other weight loss programs because we do use an individualized approach to help participants achieve their goals um, despite being in a group setting. So sometimes um, people feel that if they're, they've enrolled into a group setting program that their individual needs are not going to be met. Um, so actually, in fact, what we do is before the program begins, we, um, we offer an individual individualized nutrition counseling session. Um, so this way... I can really see where their goals and needs are and then be able to facilitate that throughout the group setting. I think our behavior modification component also makes us unique in that sense and is strongly emphasized. And again, it really allows participants to learn how to manage those cravings um, and allow and physically allowing themselves to have that um, food that they desire in, in a controlled amount, of course. Um, we're also giving our participants the necessary tools to help shape what they're eating. Um, and again, our program is not a diet. It's not focusing on calories. It's not calorie-driven. And we're really encouraging as a lifestyle. Um, and of course, our goal is to provide more of a solution to weight management by bridging the gaps in their nutrition knowledge and clarifying any myths or misinformation that might be out there for them. All right, let's talk a little bit about this topic of exercise. You know, here we're having a discussion on the fan. There's a whole lot of people who are listening to this discussion today who are into various forms of exercise, especially the weekend warriors who <laughs> go and do all kinds of things. And then Mondays and Tuesdays are trying to recover from the activities they did over the course of the weekend. But, right. <laughs> uh, this idea of exercise, how do you explain this to participants and what do you rec- recommend to them? Yes, so um, exercise is something important that we should be incorporating throughout our routine. And so the general recommendation is to have about 30 minutes or a half hour, three to five days per week in the short-term goal, and the long-term goal would be to incorporate that um, on most days of the week. So physical activity, um, you know, any movement is really considered to be physical activity. So whether it's taking the stairs in the subway rather than the escalator or even getting off an earlier subway stop so that you can walk more. So you'd want to think of ways to incorporate that physical activity. Sometimes physical physical activity is thought to, that it only has to be done at a, in a gym or a certain type, but really any movement is considered physical activity, and there's certainly ways for us to be able to incorporate it, even though there might be time constraints or busy schedules. And that's so something else that we review with the program is how do we incorporate physical activity if there are long work hours or long uh, work commutes? Um, how do you make time out of the day for that? 
Um, so again, the small bouts of exercise can be just as effective. So even though the general recommendation would be 30 minutes, um, you can certainly break that up and at the end of the day achieve the 30 minutes or even more um, if, you know, if possible. Well, how do you incorporate physical activity into your day if you're, you know, you're working long hours? Absolutely. So you'd want to try to um, be as active as possible in the office. So if you've noticed that you've been sedentary for about an hour, an hour and a half, just to get up and even stretch your legs and, um, you know, stretch out your neck. If you are do have a lot of screen time at work, all of that would be part of it. Um, another thing that I mentioned earlier was if you wanted, like, for instance, if you're taking the subway, you can do the stairs. You can get off at a subway stop beforehand. Um, so this way you're walking more. You can um, just try to incorporate as much walking as possible throughout the day. Um, you can also check to see if your employer offers any classes. Sometimes there's group fitness classes that are offered on site um, and, you know, making time out of your day for that, whether it's before. So you'd really want to find um, a best time of day to incorporate that physical activity. For, for some, it would be the morning. For others, it would be after or even during work. Sometimes there's gyms offered, you know, at on-site as well, which is a great convenience. One thing I've not asked you about that a lot of people love to point to, in some cases, some people, it's the highlight of their day, and it's usually the end of the day when they will, quote, treat themselves to dessert. And people get very elaborate with this concept of dessert, as you well know, Antonella. Mm -hmm. What do you say to folks who are interested in and have questions about whether or not they can incorporate dessert into the program? Yes, absolutely. So why not incorporate dessert, right? <laughs> um, so which kind of goes back to the mindful eating approach is that we're really focusing um, and teaching our participants how all, you know, how we, how you can make all foods fit. So you want to have that healthy relationship with the food. So you don't want to view as certain foods as the enemy. Um, so dessert, you know, included would, would be included in that. So one way to be able to incorporate dessert would be to share it with someone. So this way you're still receiving that emotional satisfaction um, and don't feel that maybe you've overindulged or that uh, you feel upset with, you know, um, the amount that you ate. Because, again, the mindfulness approach is taking away those guilty feelings. So we're allowing ourselves to indulge in that. The people who participate in the core four program, are they surprised by the flexibility that there is? Absolutely, yes. So that's the first um, comment that I quite often hear is that they say, so you mean I can have X, Y, and Z? And I said, <laughs> absolutely, you can have X, Y, and Z. Um, because again, what we do is we really teach, on, teach them on how they can incorporate that and really finding that balance. Um, between their nutrition and their emotional satisfaction. So again, like our approach is never to restrict anything because we've known that with restriction, you know, we feel that we're putting ourselves in these food categories or um, we or these diet rules, and then therefore, if we feel that we've made a decision outside of that, we've broken quote unquote our diet rules. So our approach is taking away the diet rules mentality and also the restriction mentality, and you know, embracing that and allowing ourselves to have that. Of course, we'd want to control the amount, so we'd want to really focus on that. But 
um, why not include it? <laughs> Antonella Apicella, who is a nutritionist with Lenox Hill Hospital, our guest this hour of our program. Thank you very much for joining us and sharing the information. Certainly good luck continued with your work with the CORE 4 program. Thank you, Bob. It's been a pleasure. Very interesting discussion on this uh, topic of mindful eating and um, the approaches with that that can benefit managing one's waistline. Hmm. Some things to think about. Well, talk about stuff to think about. It's the Sports Edge program that follows our 8 o'clock update. After Dave's 9 o'clock update, how can I phrase this? The thought process goes in a completely different direction. That's probably the best way of phrasing it, other than to say Ed Randall will be by at that point. We'll see you next Sunday morning at 6, you know where. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.